Okay. Um, hello. <laughs> hello. Uh, this interview is being done um, for the class EDT 421 Classroom Communities and Cultures. And I would like to present to you Luc Huberti. Uh, would you like to present yourself? Uh, yes, if I may. So, hi, everyone. Can't see me, I think, unfortunately, and I can't see you, unfortunately, rather. So my name is Luke Huberti. I'm an English teacher here in Luxembourg, in Europe, very small country. I'm sure you know about it, if Sarah's told you about it. Uh, I have been teaching for about, this is my 11th year now, I believe, or um, as a fully-fledged teacher, plus three years of training period. Um, yes, I mainly teach English classes. Then, of course, there are these one or two projects that we also have uh, at our schools that I do teach as well or, or a company as well. So that's what I do. Okay, great. So uh, we'll do an interview. Um, this is going to, so I'm going to tell you something. I went to field. That's what we call it. That was three weeks of working at a school or more observing teachers at a school. And um, we had to write an indelible moment about that experience. So like a, an experience that really stood out to us. And I was talking about, uh, in my indelible moment, I was talking about how the teachers are very concerned about their students actually, and very, um, yeah, very thoughtful. They remembered a lot of stuff. They would talk to their students and then days after they would be like, so how did that game go? Or how did whatever happened, you know, did that work out? Like they were very caring and really, you could really see that they had a good relationship with the students too, because the students also relied on their opinion. I remember one day there was like two or three students actually asking different teachers about getting a haircut. They were like, would you think my hair would look good shorter or something? And I don't know, it was just very funny that they really valued their that opinion, you know? And although of course that could also be just, you know, to ask them, but um, you could really notice that this relationship, mm -hmm. I feel like was very different to what I'm used to. And not saying that in Luxembourg, there's not this friendly relationship, but I feel like teachers are more distant from students in that way. Mm -hmm. do you, would you agree? How do you do that in your classroom or, yeah? Well, personally, from what you've just explained, I would agree at first sight, at least. Uh, that does not mean that we are so distant that we do not want to know about our students. But I think the relationships, is, the relationships are quite different. So first of all, it depends on how old the teacher is. Uh, that's one thing that really changes the, the relationship between students and teachers, because the older ones, they tend to be more, well, more distant still. I, not that they don't care, but they might have seen more already and therefore they do believe, okay, students don't, don't care about what this, what I'm, a, I, as an older person, what I think. And so they don't, they aren't as straightforward towards the students. Whereas the students themselves, they might think, okay, this is an older person. And how should that person understand what I am dealing with at the moment or what my experiences are or whatever. So there are two very different lifestyles 
uh, life experiences which clash somehow. And then on the other hand, uh, younger teachers tend to have a much closer relationship to their students. And they're, this can vary really, but mostly student relationships are much more, uh, well, younger teachers tend to be able to draw more information from students. Students tend to share more of it. And that's quite interesting, of course. So that's one of the biggest uh, differences that I could spot here. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, uh, it is possible to have a good student-teacher relationship. So I do have classes where I ask the same questions that you just uh, mentioned as examples before, uh, or similar questions at least. And I try at least to remember some of the more outstanding moments or things that I heard about them so that I can ask follow-up questions. I think this is quite something important because this shows that you're interested in people and the students also appreciate this, this kind of interest. And very often even you can see that they don't even, they didn't even think you would remember any of, uh, any of the things that they told. Mm -hmm. So that can be very positive. Personally, I try to do this. It is, of course, impossible to do so for everybody, unfortunately. And also, um, it depends on the class. Some classes are in themselves more distant than other classes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the different factors. I was also thinking it also depends on the school, kind of, um, doesn't it? Like what mm -hmm. school you're in. Like I remember mm -hmm. I was at Alteama, like a a school in mm -hmm. Pétanche uh, that is not that great. Like there are a lot of people, yeah, who just don't want to learn. And um, that is reflected in the classes and that also bounces mm -hmm. off the teacher and the teacher does like, goes in, does his you know, lesson and then leaves. And at yeah. ECG, um, this was very different, I feel like. So I think it also depends on where schools, schools are or what they're, reputation is in a way yeah schools reputation um social classes somehow play a role as well very often you see that um students from less fortunate backgrounds that they somehow have the feeling school is some kind of authority that is trying to play against them and that alone is this thought alone keeps them from sharing information um so that sometimes plays a role as well, as you described in, in the TMA. This might have been the case partly. Uh, and I used to teach at the ETC, Technique du Centre, as well, and it was similar. But then on the other hand, if after a certain time you get to know these people better, after well, the first term or so, they tend to shift 180 degrees, and once they start trusting you and that you're not one of these evil people who is trying to rip them off at any cost and they start to open up much more quickly mm -hmm. so it's a bit of both I believe. and then you're right at the ECG in the Ecole de Commerce et Gestion where you were a student at and that's the school that I'm teaching at as well you don't you, do, you must not forget that these people they are at least 16 years old so relationships also there that does affect relationships as well mm -hmm. because well and from 16 years onwards, you do tend to go out, you meet some students outside as well. And that, that changes a lot as well, of course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. Um, for it, it's kind of interesting because Coleraine was actually more of a low income school. 
Um, so it was more direction of Altema. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but the students were not at all like, well, some classes were more motivated to learn than others. But yeah, yeah the like our host teacher still tried um, nonetheless. So I really like that. Yes, that's great. Well, I think as a teacher, you should always try. Mm -hmm, uh, true. Yeah. Personally speaking, I believe that if, if you're in a classroom and you don't even attempt to make a connection, uh, then it's going to be a very long year for, for both parties involved. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you try and people think that, okay, this person is genuinely interested in us, this creates a much more a, a, an atmosphere which is much more conducive to learning. Uh, that is, in my opinion, my personal opinion, really something I cherish a, a lot. So I try to establish this climate of, of learning, of, of mutual trust as well, um, if possible. Mm -hmm. Well, that also kind of brings me to what I wanted to ask you next. Mm -hmm. um, you were also kind of touching on that power hierarchy that, uh, for instance, in ITC, some people um, had more problems trusting you right away, or not trusting, but this power hierarchy was very present for them. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. I was wondering what you like, do you do anything to make them feel less like there's this, um, you're on this pedestal and you're better than mm -hmm. everyone. Let's put it that way. Like, this is just uh, mm -hmm. in quotation marks. But like, do you do something to fight that power hierarchy or make students feel more comfortable in that sense? Uh, absolutely. Because, I, well, again, this is really it depends on the teacher themselves but i can only speak for me but i try to show people that well there is always this professional distance that you have there is this hierarchy which exists uh from the outside there are certain rules which need to be followed unfortunately then <laughs> unfortunately uh, however i try to really show that um they can express, students should express themselves and say what they think, even more negative points should be talked about. Uh, I frequently tell them that criticism is allowed, um, and that I respect their opinions, I ask for opinions all the time, uh, and also it, it, at, at, when I see that there is a certain conflict that, that just came up, and which, which involves both the teacher and the student, I do ask them about their opinion about that conflict. Why are you upset? Or why is there, some, is there something wrong? Or what happened? Or um, you're not satisfied, what is it? So that I think for me, this is a, a basis of respect, basically. I deal with these people for a certain number of hours per week, uh, for a whole year at least. Why should I not try and ask what they are feeling or what they what they are thinking about and i don't consider myself to be flawless so there might be any there might be stuff which i do wrong most of the time i do catch myself and when i do something wrong as well and then i say okay i apologize but if not why should i not ask them for their opinion i can only improve from that perspective mm. and then the hierarchy yes um i wanted to say one more thing about this there, as I said before, there is this, uh, this set of rules which is created uh, from the outside, from, by the school in general. Yeah? And 
we all have to to live according to this even me as a teacher i'm not i'm not allowed to go ahead and insult every 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 student that i see something that i'm not supposed to do and i do not have the right to do this um, this counts for the student as well so as long as we respect this normal for me normal rules of conduct to to which basically are there to show that you respect the other person the other party um then it's fine mm -hmm. so i believe that these rules are important and once the students uh, understand that if they adhere to these rules they can express any kind of, of opinion they, they have that creates a much better climate as well in in classroom mm -hmm. did that make sense i'm not no, sure it, it did make sense <laughs> i totally agree too i really was a really good answer <laughs> um so there was we had to read a book that was called start where you are but don't stay there mm -hmm. and it was about understanding diversity in classrooms and um there were a lot of case studies so the book was basically built on um yeah saying we need to touch more on diversity in classrooms and in lessons and um there were a few case studies in it and for instance there were a few uh, teachers of color who taught at white school at more white schools more mm -hmm. uh white centered <laughs> white schools and um there were there was also one teacher a um white male student a science teacher actually um and he taught at a di diverse school and um the revelation for him was that he had never thought about his race in that sense um mm -hmm. in this in this hierarchy that existed in the classroom but also socially um because yeah because he was a white male and this was a very diverse urban school and he realized that um he cannot ignore this in a sense that he cannot ignore that um his privilege in a way you could say that that way mm -hmm. so i was thinking i don't know have you ever thought about your race in the classroom or you're a privilege or in that sense yeah interesting question well there are two things to consider or at least one to consider to start with and that is luxembourg itself as a country i think it's extremely diverse in as of itself basically because luxembourg uh, i'm not sure if the audience knows a lot about luxembourg but um, about half of the population is not even Luxembourgish. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got tons of people coming from the outside who live in Luxembourg, work here, and whatever. Uh, every day, people come from um, come in from other countries. About a third of the population comes in, in addition to the population that we have, of course, to work in this country. And at the in the evening, they drive back. So we are quite used to very different kinds and yeah kinds of people uh, different cultures and that for one is the reason why a lot of things which might not be normal elsewhere are normal to us at least that is my uh, my opinion mm -hmm. um when i look at my students for example there is really not much talk about races in general because we do have a multitude of, of different, if you well, can call it like ethnicities in the classroom, 
nobody seems surprised about this and nobody asks any questions about this. So that is something I personally like about Luxembourg. Um, we, at least from what I have seen myself, we do not experience any kind of discussions in that regard. Mm -hmm. That's quite interesting already in my um, Have I ever, well, yes. As I said, I used to be a trainee at Lycée Technique du Centre, which is a school, one of the largest schools of Lux in Luxembourg. Uh, lots of different kinds of people as well, different ethnicities, sorry. Um, and also very often from less fortunate backgrounds. Um, there, of course, it's, you start thinking about this because, well, they, they, let you, they let you feel this to a certain degree. Not in a bad way, but when you enter classroom for in on the first day, they, the immediate reaction is, okay, that is a person who is, uh, first of all, older than we are, um, much richer than we are, more wealthy than we are, uh, white as well. And so we should be distrustful at, from the beginning. And then, of course, you start thinking about this. But as I said, as I mentioned before, um, I believe that once you get, once you show genuine interest in the people there, this disappears very quickly and they become very, very trusting at a certain point as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if they themselves are consciously thinking about race. I think they really rather think about the notion of, oh, they are financially more stable than we are. So I think that has been replaced here. We're not really discussing about race. We've never have, well, quite, I've never seen a discussion where somebody said, okay, I uh, am a black person, that why I, that's why, why I was uh, treated differently. I cannot remember one case where this was, was it. The problem sure was really exists, much- though. I'm sure it does exist. Luxembourg is not perfect, mm -hmm. and yeah. no, 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 not at all. That's not the, that's not what I want to relay. That's true. Uh, I can only tell, only speak for myself. Though. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm sure it exists. It exists everywhere. Unfortunately, that's clear. Mm -hmm. um, from what I've seen, maybe I was lucky. That's it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you you think it's a good thing to not talk about race in the classroom. You don't want it to, no. to make it a topic. That's not what I, if you came across like that, no, that's not what I wanted to say. Because okay. I do think it's something that you should address and that I also have addressed mm -hmm. in, in certain areas when, it, when the context was uh, conducive to this kind of discussion. Um, no, I think the discussion outside of the classroom without preparing a certain area of subject to talk, to, to talk about a certain topic, sorry, mm -hmm. there is less of a discussion about race. But of course, we deal with race as well in terms of, of in-class topics uh, to explore language, of course. It is something that is interesting to people as well. So they like discussing about this stuff, but they do, these discussions only come up if we really ask about it. It's never openly, it never openly becomes a problem without wanting to talk about it. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah, I hope this was somehow. somehow no, no, clear. no, it was clear. I was also kind of just, you know, trying to get a reaction out mm -hmm. of you. I was not 
um, stating that that was what you thought. That's okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I was wondering, you kind of said like in class, uh, you would talk about race and stuff. So do you try to include diverse, um, yeah, diverse materials into your lessons? Um, are you restricted in that sense uh, by the government or anything? I know that the school I was at, they were quite free to choose what they would do, but they still had to get those uh, different stepping stones done and they had to read of mice and men, they couldn't read another book. Um, so they were still limited, although they had more freedom than from other schools that I heard. So what, what's, your, what's the case in Luxembourg? Are you more free uh, to choose what you want or is it very curriculum centered and you can't really include something else? Like diversity. Um, yes. No, you're in my opinion, you're completely free to explore any kind of topic uh, that you'd like to explore. There practically, well, there are limits, obviously, but um, no, if you would like to deal with this uh, topic, you can. And it is also being done quite a lot, I have to say. Mm -hmm. So we're absolutely free to do. There's one year where, where this is not true, and this is the last year for the final exams. This is very rigid in that sense. There's a certain program. You have to stick to this program because this is what is going to be tested. Mm -hmm. uh, for the rest, um, I can, can do not whatever I want, but... You probably no, have no some limitation. guidelines, like a few. Is exactly. it like grammar that's the, that's the that thing. you have to complete? Or? So, it depends. You were talking about different topics now. Yeah, different so topics. So, in, yeah, I was just thinking about grammar right now, but... Yeah. Well, well, for grammar, for example, there is a very, very clear cat out thing program that you have to follow. Uh, but that's not, that's, let's, let's say that's maybe a third of, of, of all the lessons. Mm -hmm. And for the rest, you're absolutely free what's, what, to do what you'd like to do. Mm -hmm. So, and I think this is a, a good thing because definitely most people that I came in contact with, well, they try to really incorporate current affairs, something, yeah, things which are happening in the outside world, which are relevant. Mm -hmm. And of course, there then these discussions about race or diversity, they do play a huge role as well. And therefore, this is being treated in schools as well. Mm -hmm. But officially, we do not really have any limitations. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I remember, for instance, reading a lot of books about refugees, for instance, which, <laughs> yeah, um, which I don't think would happen here. Also, the topic of refugees is not that much talked about in the US, but um, okay. yeah, I do, I do mm -hmm. think we read a lot of diverse, or not necessarily diverse mm -hmm. in like authors, but more diverse in topics and not only the canonical texts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I can remember that I did use loads of, well, not loads, but I, from the top of my head, I can remember three different things that I talked about, about refugees. It was once the uh, refugee crisis, when lots of refugees came to the European Union, mm -hmm. and lots of people died also, uh, also at sea, which is still partly going on. So that was something that was treated, for example. And then there is, I think the author was called Khalid, is that correct? Uh -uh. Um, the author who wrote Thousand Splendid Sons, that uh, was about an Afghan, uh, well, Afghan child, instead of also dealing with the topic of refugees 
that I treated at school as well, even though that was not at TCG, that was at uh, a more classical uh, high school. And so this, yes, so every, every now and then, when the situation is, well, shows itself to be to fit, I do this personally. And I also know for the other teachers that they do the same. Okay. Okay. Um, have you ever encountered any um, teachers or students who held racist beliefs or, yeah? Mm hmm. Mm. It's a or homophobic. Thing, so... It could be any direction, like homophobic. All the. Okay. Well. Umbrella term. Yes, uh, that's something which also, in my opinion, is partly related to age, because at fourteen, fifteen, you tend to have very, very strict beliefs, or just to to distance yourself from the beliefs that you've been been shown until then. You try something new, and then part of that is also that you become more not extremist, but more more rigid sometimes. Um, it is, however, nothing I've seen that has lasted. So if there were people who were uttering some of some opinions which might not have been um, <laughs> most fortunate to utter, um, after, after some time, they seem to, to switch back to a more open-minded um, attitude. Mm -hmm. So it's yes, of course, you come across such such sentences, phrases, whatever expressions, but it's rare that this sticks really, or at least openly sticks. Okay. Um, and did you address it? Like when it happened mm -hmm. in the classroom, would you address it or outside of the classroom talking to a student on their own or something? Yes, of course, you have to address this. Uh, I, I believe you have to address this, you can't let this go unnoticed. Um, this might also be one of the reasons why they never did so anymore after that, because then they had to defend themselves and explain what the white said. This, this led to different kinds of discussions in during this le these lessons then. But I do believe that this, as a teacher, you do have to address such, such things and very often immediately. Because, well, speaking as a teacher now, pedagogically, you can also always exploit this. As a language teacher, it's very easy to exploit this just to, to then give another dimension to the language that you're using. Because suddenly you're not sitting in class, but you have an open discussion about a topic which has just happened mm -hmm. uh, in, in the classroom. And then that is the pedagogical thing. So that is one reason. But uh, the other reason is clear, I, I think, that this should be explored, different sides should be heard, uh, different opinions should be just for the, all of the students to, to widen their horizons. Mm -hmm. I think that's the, the, the biggest gift you can, you can make to the students if you catch this. Mm -hmm. And so you said sometimes you notice that students have those ideas like ex extremist or just racist in general, but they kind of evaporate <laughs> when they're older like they just uh, go away um do you think that those ideas come from their homes or do you think they have them from their friends from the world in general like where do you think they these ideas come from mm -hmm. well 
ah, this, this is very, yeah, this, this varies so often. Uh, some people get this from their homes, yes, uh, I'm, I'm quite sure, because, well, if you have very, yeah, if you have a very protective environment, uh, then very often if something bad happens, it's the foreigner who is being blamed because that's some, the unknown, the unknown factor. So that does happen. But then, of course, it's no secret that social media doesn't always uh, <laughs> help spread good news. It's rather the opposite. So if something negative happens there again, then people are being influenced by, by negative posts or, or posts spreading negative ideas mm. and they they take them they over, they take them over can you say that they take them over no they over, well whatever you, you know yeah what i have no clue I'm, that's say. very luxembourgish probably but i said the yeah. same thing so it's okay um no but yeah but, was, yeah okay okay you know, sorry. Um, no that's basically there are different factors which play and which are at play here so mm -hmm. there's no no black and white and uh, black or white answer no, it was just the reason I was asking that because uh, was because um, when I was in field, um, we taught a few prompts. So our teacher basically did a writer's notebook. I don't know if you're familiar with the idea, but it's basically every class you are giving them a prompt that they have to write about. Mm -hmm. And um, Tatum and I, the two students who were placed there with the teacher to observe and teach for those three weeks. So mm -hmm. my classmate, um, we taught a prom together and um, it was, what would you do if you were the next president? Um, mm -hmm. That was also something we asked um, our host teacher, like what topic should we choose? We know that some districts are more, not conservative, but more limited in topics that they want to talk about. Mm -hmm. For instance, like politics, religion, or something like that is usually not that you know um, preferred. But here they did not care about that, which was good. Um, but yeah, we had one student write basically that they would kind of um, not let people of color go to university because mm -hmm. their parents uh, went to a program where there were um, a lot of female uh, person of color um who were just there because of their color and mm -hmm. if you did not agree with that opinion you are probably a democrat that was like that was the final yeah that was the final um <coughs> little uh prompt that he wrote and i would not personally know how to confront that student or not confront in the sense of like having an argument but yeah mm -hmm. i don't know do you would you know how to talk to him or i don't know yeah yeah that's really difficult and it depends of again of so many different factors what is the what is the climate at that moment um what are the, his school comrades what are they like do they support him or not does he need to feel strong uh does he need to show to show his strength in this situation or does is he or can he be open about everything can he, yeah it's very different difficult to handle such a situation and yet, again, as I said before, I think at that point, you need to address it somehow. So how should, should it be done? It, whew, every situation is different. Um, 
But then, for example, one thing that you could in general always do is if you open up this question, if you ask if everybody agrees with this statement, for example, uh, and why, why not? And then, of course, the question that you asked would also be interesting. Uh, why do you believe this? Where do you get this information from? Or why, where do you, get, do you get this opinion from? Maybe they have had a certain personal experience that led them to, to say something like this and then go from there. Um, it's very tricky. It's very tricky. Uh, yeah. So you need to know your people, the people that is, the person that is sitting in front of you in order to really do this. Look at it the other, from the other way around. You as in, you were teaching this class how many times? That specific class? Like five, six times, not a lot, yeah. Mm -hmm. So why should this person now feel inclined to agree with you when you, when you go ahead and say, oh, you can't say this, okay? When you challenge the, the person directly like that, especially as a, a, a teacher who has just seen, a young teacher maybe as well, who has seen this person for a few times only, why should they show you any sign of weakness by agreeing with you? listening to you so that's something else so you need to find an indirect way of of addressing the topic in general without immediately uh, blaming the person who said it i think that is a strategy that very often works well mm. however there is no one way of achieving this you just need to to maybe think a little outside the box instead of jumping on this person directly and shouting at them because this will simply finish in more resistance mm -hmm. so that is the general advice i could personally give and that's i've got from my experience yeah i think also you kind of have to be careful because it is an opinion he has from his parents too so i feel like if you would um like attack him on that he would be mm -hmm. like you attack me you attack my family exactly. and then he would even shut down like even more exactly yeah. so and that is this is the case for many, many different conflicts that can happen. A direct approach is very often not, will not yield the results that you're looking for. It, sometimes it has to be, okay? Sometimes mm -hmm. you have to challenge someone directly because it's just too, uh, too imminent. <laughs> There's no, no time, no, no other way, whatever. But if you can, people are much more inclined to listen to you if they don't, are not put in a defensive position immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So how did you, did you deal with this? Can I ask? Well, the thing is, um, it was a written prompt. It was not said in that mm -hmm. sense. Um, but we were talking about the prompts after. So basically they were do doing this prompt, they're writing it. And then in the end, because we were teaching it, they handed it in. Um, but we mm -hmm. did open up the discussion to the class. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, to be honest, we did not deal with it like we did not do anything also because our teacher was super super nice but she did hold views that I would not agree with um mm. and for instance she also used the n-word so I I did not want to I mean you know it is her classroom after all and I can't just be like your student I don't know I think yeah. you understand what I mean like I'm not the person in charge here and Although she was very understanding, I didn't want to 
destroy our luck or like yeah play with our luck so no yeah. i did not do anything um i did not you say might have done else. that might have been the right choice there was nothing to be won there if that was the case as you described so yeah yeah and it was also like at the beginning of our field experience mm. so it wouldn't be that's what i that's what i mean as well something to be aware of is that when you start teaching especially in such a setting where you have a superior uh who has well it might be much more intelligent than to later on after this after something has happened to approach the teacher and say how would you have dealt with this situation and there you could learn a lot about the person themselves as well mm -hmm. and if then they would open up and say oh no this was not okay then yes continue and you could do something but if you as you described if you see that maybe they are of the same opinion well it's going to be difficult that might not be the fight that you need to to fight mm -hmm. yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily say that the teacher held exactly the same opinions but she had very mm -hmm. yeah. very mm -hmm. similar views in some some points so yeah it's it's hard when you're not the the only teacher let's say or you're not the real teacher in that sense where you we're just there to observe yeah uh, yeah okay but the observation was <laughs> was worth something I, I would say oh yeah totally so, um mm -hmm. yeah um so this concludes our interview thank you so much okay do you still want to say something like something that came to mind about luxembourg if you don't that's totally fine um like a last thought about diversity in luxembourg and classrooms a comparison that you noticed and if not that's totally fine too Uh, no, not really. There's only one thing which always comes back to my mind, which I which I have said already. But I do like that um, when I look at my classes, there are different. As I said, there are different ethnicities present in every classroom, and it does not seem to be a problem. And that's something I really enjoy. I have to say, mm -hmm. so I'm quite happy that we do not or rarely have to discuss these problems. And that shows a hopefully tolerant and open-minded society. So I hope that, is, that I'm not mistaken in that. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing, yeah. I would well, say not talking about a topic also kind of reinforces true. it. So I do agree. I do agree. I feel like because Luxembourg is so diverse, there is sometimes more tolerance uh i also feel like some people are also inherently racist in a few ways um and so, yeah i don't know um but no, no that's I, true so you can't say anything for sure that's not a, yeah i don't want to to say that everything's perfect as you said before that's definitely not the case mm -hmm. but well no well. i totally but i totally agree that the classroom culture uh, community is usually very, um, or is not focused um, on mm. who is um, from what background. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Okay. Good. Thank you so Thank much. You much. <laughs> You're welcome. After the interview, we kind of also talked in Luxembourgish, but I'm just going to summarize this um, shortly. Uh, we also got off on a tangent, so I thought it's better if I summarize it but we were talking about well basically um monsieur huberti uh, told me that there is now the possibility of doing your senior year at ecg 
so the school that I was at and he works at, there's now a possibility to do your senior year using the French system and not the Luxembourg system. They are quite different. Um, and that means there are even more diverse people there now uh, than when I was there. So yeah, before when I was there, it was mostly white. And apparently this contributed to uh, the fact that there are a lot more diverse people that there now. And um, we also talked about that him as a white man and me as a white woman, it would be harder for us to really understand whether ECG is racist or not. Since we do not encounter these aggressions or sometimes microaggressions um, to the same extent as people of color would. And even though I have never seen them or my teacher has never or my uh, earlier teacher has never seen them, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And yeah. So yeah, that was the interview. I hope you enjoyed. Eddie. <laughs> Eddie. <Adi. laughs>